Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Shin. And I'm Lei. And welcome back to the Wildy Net Podcast. Welcome, friends. <laughs> How are you? Me? Oh, that's so kind of you to ask. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I feel like, no, actually, I'm annoyed. So my furnace... <laughs> it's like I'm waiting for that yeah it's like do you want to keep it real or do you want to just like you know gloss over and give them like the PC answer and it's like why would I do that when have I ever done that on this show um no I'm annoyed because my furnace um is the control board on my furnace is fried and it's just like ridiculous because it's like a pretty new furnace and furnaces last like I don't know 20 years Mm -hmm. so yeah anyway my my husband oh bless him his friend volunteered who's an HVAC tech and I say so with air quotes decided he's like oh you're you're complaining about dry air in the home let me help you with that I'll come over (laughs) and install a humidifier and I was like oh that sounds fantastic because yeah it's really dry in our home like our, our we own like we own a pretty old house it's like 18 years old so we have carpet that we need to remove and all these other stuff so like in the winter time it's gross like it gets really really dry and it like you know obviously like causes issues for myself for Yara so I was like okay humidifier will be great and it was great until it was not <laughs> until Uh-oh. one day I went downstairs and I noticed it was dripping a bit and I'm like mm, this is, doesn't look like a good sign and Leon's like oh it's so don't worry it's fine it's fine I'm like you know I want to do something to it or whatever whatever and it's not that I was being negligent but it's like you know Shen you know we have art we we have 70 other 70 million other things to worry about like yeah, yeah I just can't take on something else so I'm like you know what I'm gonna just leave this year like I'm I'm resting this year <laughs> and I'm gonna go worry about something else because trust me I, have, I will find something else to concern myself with and it was only when I think last week Thursday when there was like no heat in the house whatsoever and I'm like what the heck why did I wake up to an icebox I know my bills are paid this is crazy and then I went downstairs and I realized the humidifier was running. I was like, wait, why is this thing, why is it leaking water like this? So then, um, yeah, I called Reliance and they came, they showed up and they're like, oh yeah, the, the humidifier is running water. It leaked into the control board of the uh, furnace and fried oh. it. So that's why you have no heat. I'm like, oh, oh no. And she's like, yeah, and this is an, like an $1,100 problem. Mm-hmm. I was like, 
what do I do? Is it cheaper to pay for the furnace or divorce? I don't know. <laughs> I like maybe oh, I just call it quits. <laughs> And we just go our separate ways. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> I was just like, why? 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 I, you know, why? And yeah, it's frustrating because, you know, we're both learning. We neither of us have owned homes before. So it's like, you know, a learning curve as far as like what you need to do to maintain it and what you need to check and what you like. There's just a lot of responsibility that I feel like mm-hmm. we underestimated both him and I. Um, and we got a decent scolding from my mom about that. Um, but thankfully we have like incredible people around us who are like, no, 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 let me call this guy. Let me call this guy. And they're like actual HVAC techs who are like, or HVAC techs who are like, let me like video call me, show me, pull this off. Look at this. So we have one coming in an hour, um, who's going to save our life for a fraction of the price, which is, (laughs) thank God, trust me. Right. But I mean, very cold lesson. A very cold, I mean, all I kept saying was like, even in the midst of like being so frustrated, I allowed myself to cry because I was like that first Thursday, I was so pissed off. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm like, I like, like called Leon. He's like, no, no, don't cry. I'm like, no, because it's so cold. <laughs> and then you're asked to come home to be a family eater. And it's, I was like, <laughs> so dramatic. He's like, man, relax. Like I'll get three space. I'll buy five. I'll buy 10 space heaters. If you're that cold, I will not let Yara be cold. And it legitimately has been fine. Like, she's been fine. She's so unbothered by it. I'm the one who's like, put on your jacket, put on everything. I was like, let her live. (laughs) So anyway, it's been crazy. But so to answer your question, (laughs) I'm fine. Double back. (laughs) I'm fine. But it's been a rough week. I can count on you for a very, very intense story. (laughs) (laughs) Always. No, I I, I aim to please. (laughs) Well, what about you, friend? How's your week? Um, my week has been regular schmegula. I'm sure by the time that we air this episode, we will hopefully be coming out of a third lockdown. Oh my god! <laughs> in our province in Canada, Ontario, Canada, for our American listeners, our entire province has been put on lockdown again, and. I don't know. I I felt like I was okay. I finally started to get into the rhythm of things. I wasn't complaining anymore. I was riding that wave. And then when I heard that news, I wanted to cry. I actually almost cried. No, for sure. I took, I took winter to the park the other, maybe I think it was yesterday. And there were, there were two other little kids there around her age. And it actually broke my heart that I almost like burst into tears because winter kept saying hi and the little girl's like hi and they keep like running to each other and they (laughs) stop and me and the other little girl's mom just keeps running back to like separate them oh my god and I'm like I can't do this anymore and she's like this is so unfair and me and this like random lady are in the (laughs) park like just whining and like half crying about why we can't how do we explain to our kid our toddlers that you can either like go to the park and play by yourself or you can't go to the park at all. Like, this is so heartbreaking. I'm it's just insane. so upset about it. I'm so upset. It's, I don't know. It's insane. I don't know. I just don't even know how to deal with this anymore. Like, I'm just tired of it. The, re- the government is breaking us down. Like, And it's the, the government of Ontario, because I kid you not, like I see, like before it was like, okay, you know what? I'm jealous of all these Americans in New Orleans and Atlanta who are living it up. Like I'm so envious of them. It's not fair. Mm -hmm. 
And like, that was like, what was like weighing heavily on me. And then all of a sudden my friends started vacationing in Montreal, in Vancouver, <laughs> like in Edmonton. And I'm just like, so wait, really? Like Ontario's just really just like locking up forever. And everyone else, like my friend was at Cactus Club in Vancouver, just loving <sighs> her life. She was just like doing regular things. Like she was on a patio drinking, like just, just, just luxuriating. <laughs> in the Canadian weather I'm just like so like wait a minute really it's just us like Toronto the city of Toronto has been on lockdown longer than any city in all of North America in the entire continent not even in the country like are you kidding me I'm telling you when these things open up these restaurants need to just be giving shit away for free like <laughs> if I'm they can to, listen i'm that's true that's, that's either way people will come i was ready i was so ready like as soon as the weather got like yeah. got a little bit warmer i had plans i was like you know what this weekend i'm gonna go out i'm gonna have some nice sprinkles i'm gonna put on heels Ooh. i'm gonna lotion my legs Ooh. like <laughs> oh my goodness not that they're gonna oil the heel back <laughs> it's <laughs> happening i'm gonna do it <laughs> wow Damn, you were and now I'm just like so sad. I was just kicking air. I was like, no, yeah. not another month. I can't take this. I want to see my friends. Seriously. Like, I really oh. do too. But I mean, I I hate the, I, I don't even want to say it could be worse. Like, I, I know that it could be, but does it even matter? Like, do we even want to go that route? <laughs> I feel like I could I get that it could be worse, but also like this could have been preventable. Yeah. They could have made better choices where we wouldn't have to be in this position anymore. Yeah, that's what I think. It's true. And I don't know what those choices are, but they should have just locked us down the first time and kept us locked down until they had the number low enough to their liking. And then just like, just let us suffer one time. Just shoot us down once <laughs> they keep like le- <laughs> they keep locking us up and then saying all right here you go never mind yeah no this is torture they're torturing yeah. us it's it's a, it's a it's a big time tease for sure it is and i don't know how they're going to regulate us when the weather gets warm like in the summertime i'm going outside okay <laughs> Listen, that much i've seen i'll be out in the streets i'll be in the streets <laughs> Like I saw lots of people say, like, no, summer, you're not miss me. Not this year. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but uh friends, we are so fortunate <laughs> because we don't have to check in alone. Not that checking in alone is like, you know, jury, but Chanel and I do this all day every day. What's that? We do it via voice note. <laughs> so it's nice to hear uh, how someone else is doing. So we're so lucky because we're joined today um, by a wonderful, wonderful. Okay, let me say this again. <laughs> I just made up a new word, friend. A wonderful. Because I want. What was I gonna say? Wonderful. I can't. I, I was. Gonna, I was merging two words together, but I don't remember what the second word was. Anyways, a wonderful woman um, by the name of Crystal. She is fantastic, uh, and she's such a delight. Her Instagram is so fun. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's a good time. It's a good mm-hmm. time. She gives you everything. She gives you all. She gives you a little bit of baby, a little bit of mom, a little bit of sass, a little bit of sexy, a little bit of hip hop. Like it's all, it's all, it's everything. It's like a nice hodgepodge of, of greatness. So um, Crystal, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm dying at you guys talking. <laughs> uh, oh so we're here. 
yeah we are here hello everybody thank you for having me this is awesome uh also i feel like your review of my instagram is like a very special honor because (laughs) i try to keep i try not to think so hard about my instagram that is always like my main thing i know instagram has become this big engine that does like a million different things i just try to keep it simple do i like this do i want to post it yes post it and then just done yeah yeah so I try to just you know kind of mix it up not think too hard about who's gonna like this who's gonna like that because a lot of people don't like certain things yeah and then it just you know does what it does so I feel honored (laughs) (laughs) no I love that honestly like I I feel the same way like I it's not that I don't love you know a beautifully like curated Instagram page like I mean power to you with your fancy presets and your beautiful background but I also feel like um you know that um what did what did Tracy say Tracy says that like I live in like my spirit lives in in an authentic place Mm -hmm. so I just feel like when I see someone's Instagram and I can see the authenticity I'm like yeah this is this is me these are my people yeah yeah yeah. I just feel like I I like when I go to somebody's IG and I can see them yeah I again I understand you know certain people like they have to run their Instagram a certain way virus I completely respect that but it's refreshing to see when like you look at their IG and you're like oh okay this is who they are sort of thing they like these sort of things this is kind of like what their personality is like since everything is so curated and perfected so Mm -hmm. yeah try to keep it like that (laughs) (laughs) oh awesome thanks so much um well, friends. So let's check in. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Um, I mean, I'm doing okay. <laughs> I am in the same boat as you guys in terms of like, you know, up is down, left is right. Like, fam, I, I just feel I swing in between like not knowing what's going on and just being like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's really, and I'm not even my my day-to-day isn't necessarily like heavily impacted. Whereas like people who have restaurants or people have businesses and stuff, every time you're like opening, closing, opening, closing, it's like stuff that they have to order, stuff that they have to hire, like all that stuff gets dashed. So yeah, I think same um, when we got this announcement, I felt the same way too. Previous announcements, I wasn't really like emotionally affected, but this one I was like, yo, I don't know how long I can do this for. Yeah. Right. This is getting... This is getting get to be a lot. Crazy. And again, yeah. I understand, you know, it could always be worse. Everything yeah. could always be worse. So I am appreciative of where we stand, but still it's just like, man, like let us like, like we can't continue. Let us like this. Absolutely. I think it's the yeah. weather too. I honestly think it's the weather. I think it started yeah. to get warmer and we were just like, oh my gosh. And that one weekend I saw my friends downtown having brunch on the patio. And I'm like, me not. Me oh next. my gosh <laughs> I know right like I'd like to yeah. put on like, a hard pants not always a <laughs> pants and a, and a legging like yeah you put on something that has like a button <laughs> I don't even know if like I would even be able to wear like a block heel when I get out of this a platform you can. yeah everything yeah. has been flats runners like oh my god like, it's not a game we did a photo shoot and I was like it was hilarious. Like Chanel was holding up a little bit better than me, but I was like legitimately dying, resting all of my weight on her. Like, Want to just take them off? Let's just not wear heels. Like she's just like trying to get around. Like you're weighing me down. Like how right. can I say this without like just take them off? Like right, it was impossible. It was impossible. I was just standing, like literally standing in a space. I'm like I can't do this. 
yeah <laughs> even the thing that i did with your sister and i had to put on heels yo my foot felt like so weird in the heel <laughs> i was like is this how, this is how it always felt like this doesn't feel <laughs> comfortable at all <laughs> so. it's crazy yeah, just continuing to adjust to, you know, whether we're open, whether we're closed, whether we can go here, there, everywhere. Um, overall, been okay. Okay. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm all for it. And if there are any drag queens listening, there's an idea for you. Like, as soon as, like, things open up, like, you can have heel classes. Because yes. I will attend. <laughs> I will attend. Like, I need to relearn. Yeah. Same. Oh, rocking in heel, rock, walking yeah. in heels 101. I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> A real struggle for sure. Um, okay, friends. So it's our favorite time of the episode, which is where we nominate bomb moms. Bomb moms. There we go. Get us, get us with the jingle. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be like a sound effect or something right there. there. Yeah. The boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> that would be lit. Yeah. We'll work on it. Okay. Um, I am going to nominate, uh, is that what we're using the word nominate? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nominate uh, my cousin Siobhan. Mm -hmm. She is my bomb mom. She is a mother of twins. Ooh. They are a year and four months now. And this woman, like the stuff that she does has done for her kids, like since they have been born, I'm just like, how have you not like passed out yet? She <laughs> breastfed both babies she Whoa. like she's one of those moms that like purees like every meal she cooks every meal and like has like a rotation of like options every few days she has them on like a, wow. a great sleep schedule like she's if she had one child instead of two like she would be like superman flying around the earth with this <laughs> baby just tucked underneath her it's just just to watch her like as a first-time mom having twins and how she's been able to just crush it like completely crush it with two babies that have different personalities they don't want to sleep like at the same time especially now as they're becoming more of a toddler um and just you know how struggle how much of a struggle it can be to feed them you don't know mm -hmm. what one child is gonna like I'm just like, yo, how did you do this? And she just, stuff that she does for two, I didn't do for one. Gee. <laughs> I, like, I, hear that. I was like, yo, that is too much work. Like, I can't. I, I'm not going to do it. And she just is <laughs> killing it. So I definitely have to nominate her because she just makes it look flawless, too. She just, you know, like a lot of moms do, they just make it look like that's just what you have to do sort of thing. So, um and she had a C-section as well. So oh she was like oh breastfeeding boy. and healing and man. Yeah. And her babies are doing well. The daughter is a lot of fire. The son is a little bit more laid back. She had a boy and a girl. Uh, okay. Oh, and, perfect. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, definitely have to shout out her because she's, whew, she's killing it. So, yeah. I mean, it sounds Love like that. it. Yeah. <sighs> this is what she her. tells me. She's like, okay, so I did, I cooked this this day. And then, okay, so I don't want to always give them the same thing. So in the next two days, I'm going to cook this. And she's always like on Pinterest looking at meals. She, it's unfortunate that like the pandemic happened during her mat leave because she had her calendar full of like places she wanted to take them. She's, she's wow. just that type of person in general, even like before kids, she likes to be out and about. She likes to like schedule things in mm -hmm. and she wasn't able to do any of that stuff. And it's just like, damn, I'm tired. <laughs> like, <laughs> girl, how are you doing all of this? Always. Yeah, man. So she's always on. And 
she's a fierce mom as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely, definitely have to shout her out. Well deserved. I'm in, I have not met this woman and I'm also enthralled by her. So like <laughs> yeah. kudos to you, sis. Um, I'm going to nominate a Instagram family lifestyle blogger. She is a mom of two. And she's kind of like one of those pages that we always talk about that's like well curated, everything so perfect, <laughs> like a nice okay. southern girl. And I was watching her stories the other day and she was just talking about she has a new child and she was just talking about being burnt out and tired. And she's like, I don't know if like I'm alone in this, but I just feel like sometimes I want to run away. And I was just like, oh. I feel this in so many levels because I just remember like being a new mom and still trying to get back to my routine and have an infant (laughs) and think that I could just go back and do what I was doing yesterday. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, yeah, that did not work out well for me. So (laughs) I was, I was like, Oh my God, this poor girl. So I tried to like slide in her DMs and say like, Hey, we got you girl, check out our podcast. But (laughs) Um, sometimes people just need that support and um, find a community where they feel heard or seen right so right. yeah carmen renee blog i had to send her a little shout out some positive mommy energy because that's so nice it's hard out yeah. here, especially it, being a new mom so, yeah, yeah it can be really isolating that new mom yeah. feel oh my yep. gosh you're asking yourself constantly like am i crazy am i like complaining too much am i too <laughs> hard about all of yeah. this stuff because especially like our parents would be like Mm-hmm. I had six of you and yeah. I had a dollar only to share between the six of you and <laughs> you had to walk here and da, 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 and it's not a like, dollar. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm ungrateful is what you're saying. And I'm lazy. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, right. Yeah. No space to be no space to be right. Right. So yeah. you're so right about that. And I, I mean, Chanel's spoken about that very like often because she's a, a um, she's f- four siblings, right? There's five of you. Right. Yeah, I have four siblings. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, how the heck? And yeah, and she was stressed. And I mean, I my mom only has two kids, but still, like, I also felt really like worked up and overwhelmed. But I think again, the reality is is they did feel that way. They just didn't feel like okay to say anything yes. about it, right? They didn't have license to, to be open about how they were feeling. So and Agreed. because they didn't, they don't even know how to extend it because it, right. like, it wasn't extended to them. So yeah, we definitely have to change the narrative for sure about allowing people to feel and yeah, like it's just it's it's a hard thing to do because you're it's a conflict of emotions where like I feel like I'm supposed to be so happy. The world mm-hmm. is telling me I'm supposed to be so happy, but I'm so sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's about just going through those emotions, allowing yourself to be happy, not staying in that space, but allowing yourself the freedom to feel unhappy. Mm-hmm. So my nomination comes, you know, I'm the segue queen. Speaking <laughs> of making me feel happy. <laughs> um, my nomination is going to go to uh, a celebrity mom and she I don't know I don't know what to say about her I just really do enjoy her so it's Keisha Epps and I don't know how many of our followers um you know grew up in the 90s hopefully most (laughs) if you're fortunate (laughs) enough to I know right if you were fortunate oh my god if you weren't I feel sorry for you because right um if you did then you likely are familiar with the bad boy era and Puff Daddy having a landslide of artists yeah. <laughs> that just came and went through <laughs> yeah. his oh studio God. and he just slapped bad boy on them. So like, 
yeah. you're a part of the crew and you're a part of the crew and i don't know who stayed like i i mean I, some of them did some of them didn't but what i do remember is uh loving absolutely loving total oh. and i remember, remember loving keisha um out of the kima keisha pam trio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I thought I loved Total like growing up because, you know, I, I had an older sister. So like she definitely was big on exposing me to that kind of music. But then I think it was in 20, was it 2017? The Bad Boy uh, reunion tour. Reunion. Oh, and they man. came to Toronto and I went with my friend Shayna. Shout out to Shayna. And we didn't sit. We did not sit down. <laughs> and I pretty much got on her shoulders when Total came <laughs> Like I was losing my mind. I was like, oh, okay. So I don't like, like total. I love total. love. Oh my goodness. Like, and it was amazing. Cause they all looked the same and they right. like danced so well. And Keisha was still as like sweet and like sexy as like she was back in the day. Oh. So like, I loved her then. And then I was like, okay, so I don't even know how. And then I discovered, I feel like maybe shortly after that, that she was married to Omar Epps, who I also really admire as an actor. Ooh. And like, you know, cause I mean, Again, classic like black girl movie. Love, right? love basketball. You know, yeah. like, oh my heart. Everybody's my favorite. Heart. Oh. <laughs> so like we do, we all love love and basketball. And he's, I mean, he's written other things that I've also really enjoyed. But I, I loved him in that movie. So same. Anyway, I stumbled upon her Instagram the other day, and I was like, wow, she's still gorgeous. She's such a like you know really invested mom. Looks like she has. I don't think she's. Are these her nieces like she's just got she's surrounded by children but she looks like she's like very very influential in their lives and like it's still maintaining her sexy but it's also honest and as we talked about like not perfectly curated pages like hers isn't right. so much right and as a celebrity she definitely could afford to do that mm-hmm. but we're still getting like we're getting her like you know decked out and we're also getting her like in a head tie so i'm just so appreciative of the authenticity and yeah. i'm manifesting that she's going to be on the on the pod so Yep. Put it into the air. Putting it out in the atmosphere. Keisha Epps is going to come on and talk to us about, you know, raising a child in the life, raising children in the limelight and being married. Right. uh, I know, right? Listen up. (laughs) Anyways, that's my bomb mom nom. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Okay. So you're here not only just to shoot the shit and to crack jokes about uh, Chanel's childhood, but also to <laughs> um, tell us about your journey to motherhood. Um, and the cool thing about motherhood is we know that like once you're in the role, like it looks different for everybody. But mm-hmm. what I learned, and I'm sure Chanel learned too, as we be- like you know, as once we found out we were pregnant, is the journey to get to motherhood, to become, to get pregnant, is so different for so yeah. many people for so many reasons um so you're talking to us today like in in more detail about your IVF journey um but you can talk to us as freely and as you know as as okay. loosely as you want to about literally anything yeah. so okay yeah do you want to just tell us a little bit about um before IVF so you maybe working towards you and your your, your partner deciding like yeah let's have a baby and like what that was like yeah. Okay. So, um, 
I'm going to warn you, it's a lot of information. I'm going to try to not get so like into the science of it. Like I will enough for it to like be valuable, but yeah. oh my God, all of the stuff that I learned through the entire process, I was like, okay, so basically I can lead a science class at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so we started the, the, we started the IVF in 2017, but before that, to be very honest, we were not like actively trying to have a child. Okay. We weren't like not trying to not have a child, but we <laughs> yeah. weren't like, you know, okay, bomb today, we're going to try and we're going to monitor da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. So everything actually happened really quickly. It wasn't until I started, um, we, we did actually decide, I think in like 2016, maybe 2015, we decided, okay, let's make a concerted effort to have a child. Um, and that's when we kind of started, we started trying. Um, but alongside that, I started actually feeling like these abnormal pains in my body at night hmm. that went alongside trying. So it's, I don't know if it was some sort of timing or, or anything, but I ended up like having to start the whole process from that because basically I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, so we're trying to have a child, but I'm also feeling these weird pains. Like, I don't know, I would get like pains in my legs, pains in my, in my hips and it was just not like anything like i've experienced like with women having periods like you understand period pain right of course Mm -hmm. um so you can kind of recognize like certain things but when you start feeling things that are outside of maybe like your cycle time or just outside of like a pain you're familiar with it's kind of like uh what's going on so it kind of all happened at once us having a child and me feeling those pains and when i went to the doctor and i explained like okay, nothing's happening when we're trying to have a child, but also Mm. I'm feeling these like odd pains. She's like, you know what? You may have like endometriosis. So endometriosis, do you guys know what that is? Or have you heard of it? I've definitely heard heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So endometriosis is basically like um, when you shed like your uterine lining or before you shed your uterine lining, like all of that stuff is supposed to exit like your body. But Mm -hmm. with endometriosis, some of those like particles, some of the hormones go back into like your abdomen and go back into like where your reproductive organs are. So your your fallopian tubes and your ovaries Mm. and your um, abdominal like cavity. And Mm. what it can do over time as you continue to like go through your cycle every month, every year, um, it will build up. And it will like, it's like this, like they, the best way they described it to me is like this tacky, like black material that will stick onto your ovaries and your fallopian tubes. So what ended up happening is I had had endometriosis for God knows how long, but I didn't know it because I was just having like a period, like I knew I had a period. So I wasn't having like, you know, any sort of symptoms other than those leg pains that would tell me something else was going on, which is really unfortunate because a lot of women can live with endometriosis and not know until it's time to like have a child and you Mm. realize you're having difficulties because what it can do is it can impact your ability to um, have a child. It can impact like the quality of your eggs. So, but you could just be going through life, having a period as you know it, and you don't really know that you've got all of that. Mm. So what I ended up having to do is they had to do this procedure called the proscopy, whereas basically they, it's, you're underneath. So you have to like go under. Yeah. This is like how everything started because they can't really confirm from the outside that you definitely have endometriosis. They need to go inside of like your reproductive cavity. Yeah, so I I had to have surgery where they went in with like in through my stomach with like um, little cameras and like little like tiny little lasers 
And what they were able to see is that like I had like really advanced endometriosis. Endometriosis is not necessarily like life threatening in the sense that you're you're going to die from it, Mm -hmm. but it can if left unchecked, it can like really impact your um, ability to have a child. Wow. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, okay, so we're trying to have a child. I'm feeling these weird pains. And then they're like, uh, well, this might be what's happening. And then when they scheduled the surgery, that it was definitely what was happening. So my journey was unexpected um, because I just did, I just like, you just, I just didn't know that like that was going to be the thing that they were going to tell me. Right. Yeah. Maybe they were going to tell me like, okay, well, you know what? You have to like stick to a certain window in your ovulation cycle because some women, their window is very small or it's very big. So I thought maybe at most that's probably what they're going to say, but no, it was very different. Um, And let me know if, if I'm getting like into too much detail. No. Oh my but God. Like, no, no, no. Okay. Okay. Um, so when they went inside of my cavity and like my abdominal cavity, what they told me is basically the endometriosis was so bad that it, so if you have the fallopian tubes, um, if you don't know what like your reproductive organs look like, not you guys, but anybody just do a quick Google and you see mm. what it looks like. You've got a uterus, some tubes and ovaries uh, on the ends of the fallopian tubes. The endometriosis was so bad that it had bent my fallopian tubes, like crumpled them up. Like imagine like you just crumple like a piece of paper and all of the stuff that was not like exiting my body and going back into my cavity had like stuck it all together so it like oh my god yeah my tubes are all like kinked up oh so, my goodness and then I also they were also like yeah and you have cysts on your ovaries as well shit oh yeah. my god so I had a couple of cysts on each ovary one I think the biggest one is maybe the size of a grape so they were like that's probably what was causing like that dull aching feeling in your pelvis and then kind of radiating into your legs because they can get inflamed and they can start to kind of like leak a bit and that can Mm -hmm. cause pain so basically what they told me is like okay you're not going to be able to um carry a child with your fallopian tubes in this way because they're like we cleaned up as much stuff as we can but your fallopian tubes are not going back to like its regular structure so basically yeah, like if you think about how you actually conceive, like the egg gets released from yeah ovaries mm-hmm. and then the sperm meets it and then they travel down the fallopian tube together. My fallopian tubes are so bent up that they were like, one, a sperm can probably not even get through to go meet the egg. Wow. Two, if it does get through and it does somehow meet the egg at the ovary, the, uh, the embryo will likely will not be able to pass back down into the uterus mm-hmm. and they're saying like even if it does try to pass down it can, will probably lodge itself in the fallopian tube and then you can end up with an ectopic pregnancy Mm-mm. yeah so they were like for you you definitely have to do ivf which is in vitro fertilization so i was like okay <laughs> wow this is my life to, and to be honest like from an emotional perspective I'm not gonna lie I wasn't completely like I was emotional when I found out about endometriosis because I thought like that was it like I was sad about that I thought I was like okay so I can't have children but when I found out that IVF exists I was like oh okay so we have a plan like there's Mm -hmm. something that we can do so IVF basically um, they put together um, the egg they put together a sperm and they implant it via your vagina and your cervix into the uterus so you don't need the fallopian tubes Mm. for me because mine are like non-functional 
they were like, yeah, that's your best bet sort of thing. So there's IVF and then there's another one. There's like IUI. Yeah. Where I think, I think they like shoot, I think they take the sperm and they shoot it into you with like, mm-hmm. it's not a turkey baster, but yeah. it's kind of like that sort of yeah. concept sort of thing um, for people who don't have like fallopian tube issues and maybe mm-hmm. they're just having issues like timing yeah. their ovulation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, but for me, like I couldn't do any of that. They're like, yeah, it's, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so for one thing, cysts, they don't go away. They burn them off, but they will always come back. Um, and endometriosis, it doesn't end. Like you will live with endometriosis forever. So yeah, that was a very interesting, I guess you could call it diagnosis. Um, but for me, I just, in those situations, I tend to take a very practical, like, okay, so what are the steps that we need to get to the end goal? Mm-hmm. Let's do them sort of thing. And I'll also be honest, even though we were trying to have kids and we had decided, okay, you know, now is the time I wasn't, I wasn't one of those girls from like young that was like, oh my God, I want to have like 10 million kids and I have to get married at this time. So I wasn't so emotionally um, like taken into the whole thing when we first started. I think as the process has gone along, um, I have gotten a bit more emotionally into it because like uh, I'm getting older and like we still want to try to have another kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning, I was just like, okay, this is what we have to do. Let's do it. So yeah, so that that kickstarted everything for 2017. That's when we started to do um, IVF. And honestly, it I, I just was not prepared for like all of the steps. Because yeah. basically what they need to do is is inject you with a ton of drugs or you inject yourself with a ton of drugs because they're trying to time everything to the second, everything that your body would already do to produce eggs, Mm -hmm. to the sperm, to meet the egg, to come down for your hormone levels, to be a certain thing for your brain, to send messages to your ovaries, to release the eggs. Like that stuff is just happening. You don't, obviously you don't feel it. You don't know it. You just know like when your period is, you know, when your Mm -hmm. ovulation cycle is, but they had to time and monitor every single step. And they also had to like, make sure my uterus, I had the environment to like support an embryo once they implanted it Mm. so it just became Mm. this thing where like every single step counted it wasn't like okay well we need to do this this and this but when we get to this part this is where it really matters they were every single step counted because in the beginning you need to um you need to release like more uh eggs than you usually do so obviously you know we release a certain amount of eggs i don't know what that number is but to give like IVF more of a chance, you need to release like a ton more of eggs. So like 14 is like a good number. So you're stressing about that and you're like, oh my God, is my body going to produce enough eggs? Cause some women only push out one. Wow. Right. Yeah. And then the thing is after that, it like kind of dwindles down because not every egg that your ovaries release is viable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's why, you know, they give you there's a lot of drugs that I had to take via syringe. Like I had to like stick my stomach. Yeah. I was going to ask. I'm like, I've seen videos of like, there's a, there's a yeah. process. So like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to do that. Um, I had to basically inject like around my belly button um, for, I think it was a couple of weeks. I had to inject myself um, with a syringe. How many times like, a day? 
It was once a day. Okay. Uh, it was like you choose a time of day and it has to be consistent. That's the other thing. When you take these these drugs, you have to be consistent because timing is like literally everything. If you if you mess up or you miss something, you're basically like throwing off like the whole production oh of gosh. everything that you're doing. So your whole life is like based around all of your appointments that you have to go to, all of the drugs that you have to stick yourself with. Um, so I through the process, I was also thinking about women who maybe don't have a flexible job mm -hmm. or maybe they've got other kids that like they need to take care of because yeah. I would have to go into work late in the morning because I would have to go to the fertility clinic and they would have to give me drugs and do ultrasounds. Um, and ultrasounds, those ultrasounds can cause a lot of like pelvic pain. So if you don't have the opportunity to maybe go in late or not go in at all, like you could really be at work like suffering. Um, I was telling you guys before we started that I kept like a audio journal of the first round and I was listening back to myself and there's times where I was in a lot of pain because uh -huh. other than the drugs itself and like the ultrasounds um, creating like those cr that cramping feeling, I also have a tilted cervix, which means oh like <laughs> when they go in like with the speculum to like open you up to, you know, you know, when you're getting a pap smear, yeah. they have to like make sure that they can for lack of a better word, clamp onto your cervix so mm -hmm. everything lines up. But for mine, because it's tilted, they kind of got to fish around in there a little oh, bit. Lord, oh, my God. So that would create like tons of pain. And mm -hmm. it was just like, I was like, yo, this would be a lot easier if my reproductive organs were hanging from my pelvis like it is for men. Like yeah. the fact that everything is inside of us, I was like, this is, yeah. too, this is unfair. Yeah. I've had so many um transvaginal ultrasounds which means they go with that wand inside yeah, yeah. Of you, that I can't even count I've had so many people up in there <laughs> I don't even I, I don't even care anymore when they're like okay yeah we need to do an ultrasound do you need a nurse in the room like yo we could do this in the lobby I literally <laughs> don't care let's just get this over and done with I don't even like I can't even see your face at this point because one I know it's gonna freaking hurt me yeah but I just want it over and done with um, so, so yeah, so I had to inject a lot of those drugs. Thankfully, I am not afraid of needles. Oh, wow. If you are afraid of needles, this would be really traumatic for you. I'd be doomed. Yeah. Cause there's no way around it and you can have your partner help you. But I was the type of person I had him help me the first time. But after that, I was like, no, 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 I need to take control of this. I need to know like how the syringe is going in. Mm -hmm. Like for me, that was my thing. But for some people, it could be really traumatic. If the, sure. like needles are things that you're afraid of. Also, I had to take a lot of pills orally. Um, at one point I was up to like 17 pills a day. <gasps> oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah, because there's all of these medications that they need to make sure that your uterine lining is getting thick enough. They need to give you antibiotics at certain point. They need to make sure that your hormone levels are a certain way. They need to make sure that you're like the area in your brain that is going to tell your ovaries to release the eggs is like timed correctly oh gosh so again if you're somebody who has difficulty taking pills this could be really traumatic for you now they weren't like horse tranquilizers but still <laughs> some people have issues taking pills Absolutely. um the other thing is i also had to take medication anally stop it girl. What? we're done and this is where we end the pod <laughs> Yo, when i think back about now? how many how much medication i had to take and like daily 
Yes. So they give you at certain point in the proceed in the process, because there's this whole thing leading up to getting your body ready. And then there's this another process that's getting your body ready to receive like the embryo once they've already extracted uh, the eggs, once your partner has ejaculated into whatever, which is like literally the easiest part. Like that's all they have to do. <laughs> they all, that's all. They, that's the other thing that pissed me off. Yeah. All he had to do was ejaculate into like a cup. Meanwhile, I'm like sticking myself. Oh, I'm like going through cramps. I'm yeah. like mentally, I'm like, this is fucked. Like, why, why do I have to do all of this stuff? Um, but yeah, so they have all of that stuff that they have to do. And at a certain point, you have to take these, it's progesterone. Mm. So when I talk about like regulating the hormones, yes. progesterone right. is something that you have to take. And the best way to take it when you're doing IVF, at least, is through your butt. So I don't know if you've ever had to give like grab all to a child or maybe an older person that was not able to do it on their yeah. own. It's like the little, it's like a little um, waxy kind of yeah. like, yeah. So I had to insert those into my butthole three times a day Excuse for like me? two weeks at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm talking about if I was out somewhere, if I was over with friends, if I'm at work, I had to do it. Oh, this is my Lord. This is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. How long did this whole round take you? Like how long was so, this process? The whole round will take about two months. Wow. If it's successful, then, you know, the baby grows and then you go down that path. Um, but from end to end, like with all of the checking your blood, checking, you know, what's going on in your body and then starting the whole process and then getting to like implantation stage, it's about a two month mm. period. Wow. So for oh people who God. have to constantly do it, they're either preparing for an IVF cycle, they're in an IVF cycle, or they've just exited an IVF cycle. Because every time you start a new one, they have to do like the blood work again, they have to do oh like, you know, God. checking your body again, they have to do like a full workup and stuff. So if you're somebody who's had to do this for like years, it's you're just in and constantly in and out of the clinic, in and out of the clinic. Wow. Um, yeah, that was interesting. I remember one time uh, I went to Osega Beach with my cousins and it was hot that day and I had to bring my progesterone inserts with me, but I left them in the car by accident. No. Yeah. And this stuff is not cheap. And when I remembered, oh, should I have to go insert this thing? First of all, you're on Wasega Beach. Like, it's not like a bathroom in your home. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. I have to go find someplace. <laughs> and I went to the freaking trunk and I pulled them out. And because they're like a waxy, they had all melted. Shit. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was like, Crystal, what the fuck? <laughs> but like, also, like yeah crystal what the fuck but like what the fuck to the process right like it's just like yeah so annoying like it's just so much like yeah it's like, can i just have a like can i just have a day like you know what i mean like and it's just yeah it's just hard like i just can't even imagine yeah because it's like that's happening but life is still happening right like you're still right. in life like all the other things the other occurrences within life that can happen that can throw you off that can that you have to take care of like are still happening in addition to this very like 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 laborious process yeah yeah oh my God. and I, I didn't really share like a lot of details with people because I tend to be somebody that doesn't like to talk about things <laughs> uh even like with closest friends I I harbor a lot of that to myself I've always been like that like since a child my mother said I just didn't talk a lot about feelings or anything um <laughs> Shen is like hmm <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it was just like something that I had to do and I had to get done. So we went through our first round, very optimistic. The first round did not work. Um, so let me backtrack a bit. When we did the first, like when you do the first procedure, whatever amount of embryos you get from that, Mm-hmm. those are the amount of em- those are the amount of times that you can attempt implantation because mm-hmm. even though you know you get a bunch of eggs and they are viable and then you know you get the sperm they they uh, basically put them together so that they can become an embryo but they have to wait like I think it's like three to five days to see which one of them divide properly because you know they have to like divide up uh, mm-hmm. within themselves mm-hmm. and there'll be some embryos that don't make it right it's just through nature yeah yeah so it happens to people who do IVF it happens to people who don't do IVF and they they conceive like the traditional way they're just going to be embryos that just don't make it Mm -hmm. um so by the end of it we have four so it's like okay we have four tries essentially um so the first round which is in 2017 like the summer of 2017 that didn't work like it didn't take at all so then we had to try again which was like in October of that same year um and that one took, so what I mean by took is when they implanted it, the next two weeks, you wait two weeks and you do a, you do a pregnancy test, like a blood pregnancy test. Mm-hmm. Um, and if those pregnancy hormones are at a certain level, then they consider that pregnant, right? Yeah. Um, but you go back two days because as you may know, like the pregnancy hormone needs to jump like significantly over a certain period of time. So you mm-hmm. go back in two days and if it continues to jump, then okay, you're still pregnant sort of thing but for that second round I went to Grenada like the day after I got the first pregnancy test so they were like okay just take the test when you come back and we'll see you know if it still takes I don't so I don't know if I don't know if going to Grenada mentally impacted that trial because that trial didn't actually end up taking like when I came back they were like okay so your hormone levels for the pregnancy are dropping off so it looks like it's it's not taking sort of thing because mm-hmm. around the time that is when Zika was a thing ah. and they were telling a lot of pregnant women don't go to these destinations and ah. such and I'm somebody when I go to the tropics or even not even the tropics I get bit by mosquitoes so easily like Same. as soon as it warms up it's like they just find me mm-hmm. so when I went I was really paranoid. Like I was constantly spraying down, constantly spraying down. And I don't know if like me just thinking about it a lot didn't cause it to take, or if it was just one of those scenarios where the embryo just couldn't move past a certain point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember just like thinking a lot about like, while I'm on vacation, like, okay, am I pregnant? Am I not pregnant? Like, I can't tell sort of thing. Oh man. Yeah. So when I came back, took the test again, they were like, yes, your levels are dropping off, but you need to continue to come in once a week to continue to take a pregnancy test because we need to like make sure the number is going down. And that is one of those things that I was like, yo, this is this could be really traumatic for a lot of people because depending on. So for me, I wasn't that far out from implantation. It was only a couple weeks. So I didn't really feel this whole like emotional connection yet because I was still thinking about the science of it. I was still thinking of, oh, I still have all of these other steps to get through. So I didn't really attach myself to like the embryo just yet, like emotionally. Mm -hmm. But I can imagine for women who have miscarried maybe at a later stage and they have or even have emotionally attached themselves, knowing that you have to like watch the drop off of those hormones and watch essentially, you know, the embryo like disintegrate like Mm-mm. what the fuck is life like Mm-mm. you mean to tell me like I have to like continue to go through this like for weeks at a time 
and just wait till it gets to the end where it's like, Come okay, on. yeah, now it's been completely terminated. Like I can only, I can, I can only minutely imagine what it's like for somebody who maybe was like six weeks out or seven weeks out or eight weeks out. And the fetus is like a little bit bigger. Right. And mm. you've got that emotional <laughs> attachment. I was like, yo, this is fucked. Like this, there's no, this is not like, this is not fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I considered us to be pretty fortunate because at the time the government was covering this girl that was coming that question was coming yeah so <laughs> if you don't have if you aren't if you're wherever you live they don't cover it it can be fifteen thousand dollars just to do one round so the whole pro- process from end to end takes ten thousand dollars the medication takes five thousand dollars so if your government doesn't cover it or you don't have the money or you don't have a drug plan like that money is coming out of pocket mm-hmm. so and it's they the government um only covers it once in your lifetime so if we went through all of this and none of the embryos work and we wanted to do it again, that would be out of our pocket. You don't, they don't continue to cover it. It's only like once in your lifetime. So I'm fortunate that, you know, at the time the government was covering it because it was still kind of fairly new. Mm-hmm. Um, and that him and I, like my partner and I, we had a drug plan that could accommodate like most of the, the drugs. There's still like a difference of like maybe 10% that okay. we had to pay out of pocket. Um, but he's a teacher and his drug plan is like bomb. (laughs) So, you know, we didn't have to come too much out of pocket. So I just, I was honestly, I was thinking more of other women and other families as I was going through it, because I was like, this could really, really like stress you the hell out. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't have the means, you don't have the finances, you don't have the access to do any of this shit. Like you don't even have the opportunity. It's just like, where do you even go at that point? So, yeah. So after that second one, we tried again in 2018. Uh, so like May, April or April, May, I should say. And the third one took and that's Dominic. Yay! <laughs> Yay. Um, so, yeah, so that one took. Um, but honestly, it was the same feeling of I feel like I can't celebrate until like he is out of the womb yeah. because Obviously, even if you didn't have to go through IVF, obviously, you know, when you get pregnant, there's all these other things that you have to go through, right? And um, you have to make sure, you know, that the child, uh, they don't have any other issues, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You have to make sure that, like, your placenta is good, that the amniotic fluid is good, that you're not having these crazy, like, symptoms and stuff. And for me, I developed placenta privia. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I had full placenta privia. So for anybody listening, if you don't know, basically the placenta... Um, instead of like kind of growing to the top and to the side like of your uterus, it will grow to the bottom and completely cover this, the cervix, which means the baby cannot come out mm-hmm. because the placenta is blocking it. So I had to have, uh, and my placenta never moved. So I had to have a C-section, a planned C-section because of that. So it has been like this crazy, Wow. this has been this crazy journey. We do have one embryo left. Um, that we're going to work, we are going to try this year um, and we'll yeah we'll see what happens this one uh and this is funny okay so I haven't told anybody this emotionally I feel very invested in this last one and it kind of scares me because I feel like if it doesn't work I'm gonna have a breakdown <laughs> so I'm I don't really talk about that sort of stuff so I'm sharing this with you guys because I think it's like valuable to you know my journey and yeah. other women's journeys um I keep talking like it's gonna work I keep saying it's gonna be a girl because I want Dominic to have a a sister if he doesn't like 
it's not gonna be the end of the world if it's a if it's a boy but i wasn't so like yes 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 this is gonna work with the first three trials i was kind of like okay let's see what happens we'll do everything that we need to do and then you know we'll go through it so this one i'm like i don't know if you're setting yourself up here because you just you just don't know right you don't know how your body is going to respond to things um i mean since having since having dominic i found out i have a fibroid in my uterus so that's like another layer of fun good lord (laughs) my god all this i think the most frightening part about it is that you just don't know what is happening down there until there's like something abnormal outside of like your regular period mm-hmm. or regular way of functioning. And for me, I've always had like a heavy flow. I've always had like intense cramps. So yeah. for me, I just couldn't gauge whether or not it was different. Um, so it wasn't until other things started happening. I was like, mm, right. Don't feel right. This right. does not feel right at all. Right. It's not like some other conditions that show up like a lot more visibly and a lot more immediately. Um, and it's there, like, yeah, go ahead. It's just hard for women, right? Because I feel yeah. like, especially like in the Caribbean, like being Caribbean background and yeah. having our parents tell us like the minute that you find out that, you know, your cycle has started, like, you know, you start menstruating and then your parents are like, be careful, don't go around boys, don't have sex, you're gonna get pregnant. So you just yeah. like automatically equate that like, like if I have sex, I'm like unprotected sex, I could potentially get pregnant. Like you don't yeah. like wrap your head around that like something could stand in the way of what your body is supposed to be able to do. Right. So mm-hmm. like for as long as life, you're just like, oh, I don't like you, you, you may be shy away from having unprotected sex or you're, you're, you're constantly nervous. Like, oh my God, did my period come? Did my period come? If you're having sex. And mm-hmm. then like now when you want it, it's like, wait, why isn't this happening? It just seems yeah. like, it seems like such a, like a trick almost like it's like your yeah. body's betrayed you it's like wait this whole time you couldn't do this like I thought you could oh, I, I always thought you could do this like <laughs> when did you decide that you didn't want to do this that you couldn't do this so it's like it's really really hard I feel like yeah. to, to conceive and it's hard to conceptualize and I think the, the most emotional part about it is that you don't know what your body can't do until you try exactly mm-hmm. right? exactly so it's not until you start trying it's not until you know like maybe you've had this conversation or you're invested in the process that you realize that like wait, like I'm having trouble with this. Like, why isn't this mm-hmm. happening the way that it's supposed to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, it, it, it's, that's exactly it. You just really don't know until you try. And everybody seems, everybody kind of acts like if a man sneezes on you, oh, baby's going to come flying. <laughs> yeah. And that's how you yeah. grow up thinking, right? So exactly. you're like trying to avoid this. You're trying to be careful and stuff. And some people are getting pregnant earlier, like mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's just one time. And da, 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 da. so then when you start to experience, wait, this is not happening and we're not like being careful and we're just kind of doing whatever, but nothing is happening. It just kind of like, okay, well, what is really going on? And mm-hmm. since then I've had like more conversations with some other women who have had to go through the process as well somebody I work with his wife was trying for 10 years well not say his wife but they were trying for 10 years wow um I know another friend she was trying for I think like seven years um so I again I feel fortunate that you know after a couple of years of you know trying and getting everything together that I was fortunate enough to have Dominic but it's just like a lot of shit Mm-hmm. It's a lot of yeah. one instance. So there's this point in the process where you need to take a specific um, injection into mm-hmm. your abdominal because it's it's a timing thing. You need to I think it's because you need to uh, have the eggs release um, at a certain time. And if you miss that window, like they will tell you down to the minute, this is when you need to inject it. If you miss that window, 
you're kind of fucking up things and you may wow. need to like start again. Um, and that time that we had to do that, we were going to a concert in Buffalo. It was um, an old school R&B concert. So like key, it was a key sweat concert. So Ooh. 112, <laughs> Genuine, um, oh my God, a whole host of other people, Jodeci. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we had planned that out, and then they were like, "Yeah, at eleven thirty-five, which is like peak concert hours." Yeah, yeah. eleven thirty-five p.m. You're gonna need to inject this. So I'm just like, "Babe, how how are we gonna do this?" And he's like, "It's cool," but he's like one of those people that he doesn't fear anything. He's mm-hmm. like, "We're gonna do this. We're gonna bring the drugs with us. We're gonna get them inside, and then you're gonna go to the bathroom and you're gonna do it." I'm like, "Are you sure?" Because I have to bring a syringe in, which mm-hmm. is like a weapon, basically. Yeah. And then one of these little vials, if you've ever seen like an insulin vial or anything yeah. like mm-hmm. that, it looks like drugs. I mean, it is drugs, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, yo, so how am I going to hide this? So he's like, I'll take the syringe and you take the actual medication. Just put the medication in your purse, tuck it away. Like yeah. if they just see that, it probably won't be the end of the world. But the syringe is like the more kind of dangerous thing. But again, he has no fear when it comes to any of these sort of things. So we get to Buffalo, we park, um, we're walking up, everybody is in like their leisure suit and ready to like, you know, <laughs> have a good time because Key Sweat is a little bit older yeah. in terms of crowd. Yeah. Like some of the younger ones, like 112, Genuine and stuff, they're kind of more my era. Like, obviously I know Key Sweat, but yeah. I didn't know Key Sweat's catalog was so deep until I got <laughs> to the concert. So when I saw the age of people going in, I was like, okay, this is like an older crowd, whatever. <laughs> Um, so we get up to the front, you know, they want to do the whole, you know, take out your purse, put it here, go through the scanner. And then they also want to do that body scan thing. Yeah. With yeah. Black wand. And so he has the syringe in just like a saran wrap, right. In his hand, like he's kind of holding it like on the long part of his hand and they're like, okay, put your hands up. So he puts his hands out and he has a syringe like in his right hand. And I'm just standing there and they're like checking my stuff and they're like, okay, you're good to go. So they scan him and he's just standing there and they're like, okay, you're good to go. And wow. He gets in. And I was like, yo. And he just starts smiling and he's laughing and he's like, I told mm-hmm. you, we're going to get in this. Like, it's not a problem. <laughs> we get in with the drugs and the paraphernalia. <laughs> Honestly, if, if they caught us, I was ready to start crying. Yeah, I was ready to start. Yeah. Waterworks. waterworks. I'd be like, oh, God, we're trying to have a baby. <laughs> yeah. so, so far. Like, I was ready to just get into that mode. But we got through. Uh, so we're at the concert. We're having fun. And then, like, 1130 is coming. So I have to get up and I have to yeah. go to the bathroom. And I'm, like, in the stall of this arena, pulling out the drugs. Wow. And I'm injecting myself. <laughs> My bathroom stall, yeah, and then I just like you get out and I just dash the stuff and I went back to my seat and like it's just like wow nobody really knows what I just did there, right? Like, can you imagine? It's just like you're you're amongst all these people and you just don't even know what people are experiencing. You don't know people are right. Yeah. Although I will say this, when you said that he smuggled in, I'm like, did this guy stick it between his ass cheeks? That's literally. (laughs) I was thinking. I thought you were gonna go there. I thought you said he wrapped it in saran wrap and like stuck it right between his. Oh God, no! They wouldn't have checked. Like, I don't think he stuck it in his asshole, but, like, just wedged between the ass cheeks. Between the cheeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's what I would have done. Me too. too. Imagine. I just walked in. (laughs) I just been like, no, this is my walk. (laughs) So hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, man. So that's, that's, that is, like, one of the funnier stories. Um, Something I missed that I also wanted to share with you guys (laughs) is, okay, so between the first process and the second process, there's this thing called a scratch test. 
that they ask you if you want to do. So basically, a scratch test is where they will scrape like a little part of your uterus to make it a little bit more uh, receptive to the embryo. Okay. Guys, this was probably one of the worst parts of all of this. This is one of the parts where I really broke down and I was like, I don't want to fucking do this shit anymore. <laughs> this is unfair. Like, I don't want to ever do this again. Yeah. Sort of thing. Because basically, like I told you, I have a tilted cervix. So the whole procedure took like two minutes, but basically what they do is they go in with the, um, duck the lips. clamp. What the heck is that thing called? Speculum. Yeah, I'm just like, mm-hmm. duck lips. Yeah, the duck <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that thing freaks me out every time yeah. because I always yeah. feel like when they click it, it's going to pinch me. Yeah. And I'm always, they're like, relax. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, it's not a very <laughs> relaxful experience. Like, I know I've done this before, but it's not, it doesn't get any, any easier. Right. Um, so they had to do that. And then they had to put a catheter, like, through the vagina, through Ooh. the cervix. Uh, and then they had to stick this utensil in it. And she's like, she, the doctor was really good about it. Like, she walked me through it. She was like, I know this is going to be really painful. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, she was so good about it. Um, they put the little utensil in, and she's like, you're going to feel pain now. And and she's like, oh, you're going to feel cramping as well. So they like scrape the uterus and immediately you just feel like this intense, like squeezing in your abdomen. <sighs> I had to go to work. Oh, after no. that. I had to go to work after that. I was just listening to like one of the voice memos last night and I was just in so much pain because it was it lasted like two minutes, but it was like the worst feeling ever. And I was just like, why, why, why do I have to do any of this? So, yeah, so there's definitely been moments along the way where I was just like, this is like too much for like one person to be doing because your partner really can't do any of it. Yeah, that was my next question. Like how how important was it to have him and how supportive and because that's got to be like hard on you. You definitely need a supportive person even if it's not like somebody that you're married to or yeah. dating or engaged to you need somebody that is going to be there for you whether they help you take the pills whether they remind you about the pills whether they help you with the syringes because you can't do those things whether they just emotionally support you to let you kind of offload like the things that you're thinking whether it's been a good experience or a bad experience if you're in this by yourself or you've got other stresses that you directly have to take care of you're, I don't know how you're going to get out of this. It's really stressful. Mm. It's really stressful. So for the people who are going through it and don't have that support system, like I feel for them because it's, it's a lot to take on just by yourself. Um, it can, it can probably take you to a really dark place. Cause it's just, again, it's just the woman. It's just the person with the uterus and the vagina that has to do all of this stuff. Jesus. Yeah. You can't, <laughs> you can't like offload any of those responsibilities to the other person. So damn. Yeah, it's really it's really important. So I'm fortunate uh, to have that. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. fortunate that, you know, we've been together for so long and uh, he was able to be supportive. Um, and then even once, you know, it does implant and the baby does start to grow. Obviously, you know, both of you having been pregnant, you understand like the importance of having like that person with you. Absolutely. Um, but them just knowing like what it took to get there. That's also like really, really, really helpful yeah so my yeah, god man <laughs> that was a story that definitely yeah. was i mean you have him now and i'm sure like sometimes you look at dominic and you're like wow it was hard you were tough to get like like in any way when you're here throwing tantrums and carrying on it's like do you do you know 
right like listen do you know like you were in a dish okay <laughs> like you were in a dish at some point and now look at you it's just so crazy how like this little like microscopic <laughs> thing grows into like what you can see in my background picture yeah it's yeah and they just come out like a functioning human being and you're yeah. just like what the hell okay so now i have to deal with all of this like post mommy yeah. stuff so it's really really interesting um i hope i don't know if the government is still covering it i think they are because at the time my uh doctor she said you know right now they're covering it but they may not you know budgets change mm -hmm. priorities change who knows if through um covid they they're still covering it because it's a lot of money yeah. um but i honestly i was just fortunate enough to get in when mm -hmm. i did and i don't think everybody is eligible for the government coverage i think you have to be in a scenario where you really cannot conceive on your own which was mm -hmm. my scenario uh you can still go and do it but if you don't have like i guess a certain level of difficulty i don't think it's covered mm, i see yeah so <laughs> when people when people ask me like oh how was like you know your experience like trying to have a child and I was like well uh this is what it was they're kind of like oh shit I didn't expect that <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely and I think yeah. it's, so, it's so nice that we're having I mean this is going to air later on but I think mm -hmm. it was so funny to think about because I, I think that we've all experienced it I've never done it my mom's done it before okay um we're with April Fool's jokes and okay. um, yeah pregnancy and it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And everyone's like, oh my God, congratulations. Ah, April Fools. And just, and you know, growing up again, I never thought anything of it. I never really thought like that was like such an insensitive joke. Yeah. And it's like only over the years, like since becoming a mom and again and hearing everybody's experiences. And of course, with this podcast, I was like, okay, hey, yeah, wow. Like that's really, really insensitive. Yeah. It yeah. is. It is. Cause so many people have rainbow babies. So many people mm -hmm. like can never conceive at all. Like I know somebody personally who also has endometriosis and it's not going to happen like their doctors have told them like your scenario is so advanced that nothing is going to work and it's like what the fuck do you even do with that mm -hmm. like what do you even do with that like yes there are children who need a home and mm -hmm. you know adoption is a thing and surrogacy is a thing but that's like that's not a that's not a small undertaking yeah, like that is like mm -hmm. a huge, huge life commitment that you really have to like probably get therapy all throughout to like emotionally accept that this is like what your life is going to be like. Um, so and it's like it happens to such wonderful people like mm -hmm. it happens to such deserving people. And it's like they didn't deserve this. They deserve to like, you know, have the opportunity to have kids. But it's just like sometimes it just doesn't work it out. And yeah, it's. I would I'm I would hope that we could get to a place where it's, this stuff can be detected earlier on because if my endometriosis was caught earlier on all of the stuff that happened to my fallopian tubes wouldn't have happened because mm -hmm. there's yeah. medications that you can take also there's lifestyle changes that you can do all of these products that we ingest and put on our skin and put in our hair and like just the air that we breathe and stuff like that there's changes that you could make that could adjust your hormones that would reduce all of that buildup that you get. But again, it's just like, you don't really know that that's happening until you try Yeah. to have a, have a child. So I don't know. I don't know how the science will advance to maybe one day get to that place. But like women's bodies to me are still like a fucking mystery. Like <laughs> <laughs> there's still so much that I feel like we don't know. Yeah. Um, 
I agree with yeah. you, sis. So give us one final word of encouragement for any moms who are listening, who are currently going through the process or thinking about the process are feeling discouraged by their current situation. What would you say or advise? I would say this is not your fault. There is nothing that you have done or could have done in a past life, in your present life to make you in a better situation or in a different situation. Your body has decided to do what it has done, what it is doing. And, you know, it's not your fault. It's not something that you really could have like controlled. Um, also, when you're going through the process um, and you're starting to get to that point of like, you know, the eggs and the embryos and stuff, um, it's, it's not that like your body is just bad in terms of maybe not producing as much. It can happen to people who are traditionally, quote unquote, trying to conceive as well. So mm -hmm. I found for me that is something that you can really, really, really get hung up on because if you only produce like a small amount, you could end up with one embryo and then you have one shot and that could wow. make you feel like it's something that you did. It's that your body is like worthless. It's not good enough. Mm -hmm. So I really want people who are going through this just to understand that this is not your fault. I know it's really, really difficult, especially if you've been doing it for a lot of time, especially if it's been taking a financial toll mm. on you, um, especially if maybe you don't have like that support system, whether it's a partner or not. Um, but just know that you are not alone at all by any means. There are women who are constantly walking around every day in life going through these same things. And if you need like somebody to talk to, don't be afraid to say something, whether it's to friends, whether it's to family, whether you want to jump into my DMs. Like I have no issues with those sort of things. As much as I don't talk about it, I also don't feel any sort of shame about it because it's like, Good. there's nothing that I could have done to mm -hmm. prevent this from happening. It's just my situation. And this is what we have to get through it, have to do to get through it. So it is challenging. I completely understand that. Um, and allow yourself to feel those feelings. You were talking about that before, Leigh, about, you know, giving people the space to feel like shit, mm -hmm. to feel like this is unfair. That doesn't mean you're going to live in that space forever, but like give yourself grace. I think we have to like give ourselves way more grace than that, that we actually do and just accept or not accept, just try to understand that, yeah, this is shitty. It's okay to feel shitty. It's okay to feel like you don't want to do this. It's okay to feel like, you know, you're depressed about the situation. Um, but just try to hang in there, try to go through all of the steps, try to think of it from like a perspective of, okay, well, once we get past this part, then we'll go to the next part and just tackle it that way. I understand I can't address everybody's situation and mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, be the answer for everybody because everybody's journey sounds is different. Um, but just know that, you know, you're a special person, you are loved and like, hopefully, you know, you can get through this. So that's what I would say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Crystal, for sharing this story with us. Mm -hmm. It's so insightful because I think I've never had a chance to speak to anyone about going through this process before. Mm -hmm. And so what I've seen was only what I've seen on TV, which is obviously not always an accurate portrayal of the mm -hmm. process. So thank you for sharing your insight with us. And uh how about you let our followers know where they can find you? Mm -hmm. um, well, thank you for having me on. Uh, this Sharing this has been really great, and I'm open to like continue to share whoever wants to ask me anything. Yeah. Um, people can find me 
both on Twitter and Instagram, get out the box. Um, the handle's the same on both of those. Uh, honestly, my bio is basically, um, I say whatever comes to mind and excuse the mess. So that's why when you see any of those platforms, uh, I just kind of go with what I like. So um, yeah, I would like to think I'm an approachable person. I'm really shy, so I might come off as not approachable, but don't be afraid to like hit me up and be like, hey, I heard you on this. Like, let me know like what you think about blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, so they can find me at get out the box on both of those. Awesome. But friends, you also can find us on social media. Uh, check us out on Instagram. That's where you'll see what we are doing with our lives. And you guys can hit us up there at WTN podcast. Mm-hmm. And if you want to check out our merch, you can head over to our website at whilethenap.ca where you could also listen to our episodes there. You can yes. send us your birth stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also can head over to Apple Podcasts and review us, friends. Yeah. If you're listening, just rate this episode. Tell us what, what you think. Tell us if you like it. Tell us if you love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we want to hear from you guys. Absolutely. So uh, check us out on those platforms. And uh, with that being said, friends, nap time is over. And we will have to catch you in our next episode. Goodbye. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.